Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 189 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here to talk about wrestling. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe. This is the time of the year where I complain about how hot it is in my podcasting room. You know, uh-huh. so uh, we're going to have to make this a very short show because it's about uh, it's a moist 150 in this room right now. You need like a humidifier. You need like a something. I need Todd runs the AC during his when we record long box heroes. But a lot of times what he'll do is so like right now it's not super hot outside in the greater northeastern Pennsylvania area. I shut the windows. You know, we don't have the air uh, conditioning on. But what he'll do is uh, he'll make sure that it's not blowing directly into the microphone. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, what he'll I- what he'll do in other instances is he'll run it for a while at a very low temp so the room gets super cold and then we just rush through everything. Yeah, well, Todd has one of those industrial like meat locker uh, air conditioners that like he's smuggled out of like some some derelict uh, meatpacking factory. That's why his he's able to run one from across the house. But he's um, he's in the he's in the walk-in freezer at the Cinnabon. That's why. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Got to keep the the buns cold and. Uh, but yeah, my my air conditioner when it's in and it's not in yet, and this is all riveting podcasting. But it's like a foot away from where I record, so that's not happening. Gotcha. Like, we haven't turned the central air or nothing on yet. We mm-hmm. uh, have a call out to someone because last year when we were running it, like, it ran, but it sounded like it was kick being kick-started when mm-hmm. it was being turned on, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's still window weather for right now, um, just not while we're recording the podcast, you know? Yeah, no, I got you. Well, if it's any consolation, I'm not wearing any pants, so I'm keeping okay. everything nice and cool right now. Fair enough. I got to start cutting my t-shirts broski style. Get some airflow. <laughs> All right. Again, hey, you said you need, you said that you need this to be a, a short show so you don't melt. So let's get right into it. <laughs> and now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. All right. Uh, light day, this day in wrestling history, head to head, uh, 1997 Nitro versus Raw. Nitro still an hour long, uh, because of the NBA playoffs, um, a drag of a show, right? <laughs> like Wrath taking on Scotty Riggs. Oh, all right. Uh, the final match that aired was Conan and Hugh Morris against Alex Wright and Ice Train. <laughs> Uh, but this was the go-home Nitro before Slamboree, and the go-home go angle was Eric Bischoff interviewing fake Sting and trying to pretend that it was real Sting <laughs> until real Sting came out and bitched out fake Sting, and then Bischoff just left the ring. Oh, riveting television. I like it. Right. That was the go-home angle. Now, on the other hand, over on Monday Night Raw, we've got not one, not two, but three Huge moments uh, in the world of sports and entertainment. Uh, so we have the Legion of Doom uh, taking on J.C. Ice and Wolfie D of PG-13 of the Nation of Domination. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of a handful of matches that PG-13 got to wrestle in World Wrestling Entertainment. And this was essentially their write-off from the Nation of Domination. Yeah, see you later, right? <laughs> uh, but this match is hilarious. You should definitely go and watch it. Like, it's 
a fun squash match. Okay. Um, also, uh, on this episode of Monday Night Raw, um, was the debut of Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Dam. I hope you were doing the thumb points when you were of saying that. Of course I was. <laughs> so, whether we knew it or didn't know it at the time, um, there were a lot of people from ECW that were either defecting or going to be defecting to World Championship Wrestling. Uh, we would later find out that possibly Todd Gordon was the one that was, like, releasing information to Kevin Sullivan, who in turn was releasing information to Eric Bischoff so he could make deals to people like Raven and Perry Saturn and so on and so forth. This was kind of like an unspoken, spoken thing on, like, the early days of the internet, right? Mm-hmm. So the Saturday prior to this, you know, it's not, you know, on this day, but there was an ECW arena show. Uh, RVD had lost his match and cuts this promo afterwards that says the next time you, essentially the next time you see RVD, it's going to be on Monday nights to huge booze, right? Yeah. Because of everything that was going on, everyone assumed he meant Nitro. So when he shows up on Monday Night Raw, like it was a huge shock. But even more of a huge shock that, like, we would, like, learn later on, especially as the summer goes on, that WWE was, like, just keeping ECW afloat by not only giving them talent that were under WWE contract that Paul didn't have to pay for, um, but also essentially fronting Paul money to stay alive until they got real TV so that there was a viable third brand. You know, we saw earlier in the year where the BWO show up on Monday Nitro or on Monday Night Raw, but like we get, you know, Just Incredible and Al Snow and a bunch of other people that are under WF contract over the next several months that go to ECW. And part of the deal is like Paul doesn't have to pay them because they're being paid under WF contracts. Yeah, I, I say this with a wink, but this is your original Forbidden Door. Yeah. You know, like at watching this back in the day, because uh, again, what's this? Ninety-seven. So I'm 17 years old. I don't. All I know is what I hear in like an AOL chat room. I don't know no contract stuff or or sharing of talent. So to to watch this on television and to love ECW, you're seeing your favorites pop up over in Raw and then like be back on ECW television a few weeks later or whatever. So it was just mind blowing, you know. And last but not least, there's a oh. show. Oh, was that? I was going to say you're burying the fact that uh, RVD beat Jeff Hardy. Right. Well, Jeff Hardy, this was pre-Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy, right? Yes. Yeah, Jabron Jeff Hardy. That's right. He was like, whatever. They had like the plaid tights and they were doing jobs to their, they like, yeah, they were, he was like nobody. Yeah. It was just a bum. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, so how crazy, like, is this a match? 1997 and i think this would end up being like a pay-per-view match for the hardcore title like four years later you know yeah just the way wrestling works sometimes um but the i'd say the big thing was uh the show closing angle between brett and sean uh another great brett promo where he calls sean uh like a self-professed degenerate so one would say that this is probably the seeds of like the degeneration X name. I mm. hope they've been cutting Brett a check for that over these last several years. <laughs> um, but this was one of those times where, you know, Brett's kind of rolling and like 
they're running out of TV time and it's supposed to end. Like there's a go home line that Brett is supposed to say that cues Sean to super kick Brett while he's in the wheelchair. And then that's how the show goes off. And, you know, and say what you will about Bruce Pritchard, but, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, that there's, you know, factual proof that we can kind of back it up with that, you know, Brett's going and going and going and Brett's getting cues from camera people. He's getting cues from everyone and he's just ignoring them, right? Yep. Very so then, like, for Brett. Like, oh, yeah. So then, like, the camera people, just like, a couple of the camera people just put their cameras down and, like, production's like, what's going on? It's like, we're out of time. We're off the air. You know, mm. um, they still kept filming it. And I remember them showing it on the weekend syndication before they showed it on like the following week's Raw, where Sean finally does the super kick um, to take Brett out of the wheelchair. But again, this is furthering this dissension. This was what you, was a friendly rivalry has now become a, <laughs> a rivalry between Brett and Sean. And I definitely wasn't needling any people on Twitter earlier today regarding this topic. But again, it's just a typical example of that spotlight hog, Bret Hart, trying to take the thunder away from the better guy, Shawn Michaels. Uh Uh, I'm just glad, as you said, the the camera still rolled and we were all able to see the true payoff of Bret's stammering and meandering promo, which was him eating a uh, super kick to the mush. uh Uh-huh. Yep. So is there anything else uh, this day in wrestling history? Uh, you know what? I, I do have a this day in history uh, just because it popped up in my timeline on Facebook. It's not wrestling related, but I feel like it's very important. Uh, and this will pop a few people. But two years ago to this day, uh, one of my favorite spokespeople ever returned to television. And that's Lily, the AT&T spokesgirl. Uh, <laughs> she came back. She came back to promoting AT&T after like a four or five year hiatus. And those were some dark years, I just want to say. Um, But according to Facebook, two years ago today, she returned and everybody's lives just got a little bit brighter. And that's I just wanted to shout that out. It's also my wife's birthday today. You know, it's not wrestling related, you know. (laughs) Well, there I see. We can every once in a while we can mix it up a little bit, I guess. I'll tell you what, I, I would pay money to see Lily in a match. (laughs) <laughs> what if they hired the actress who played Lily in the AT&T commercials to be the living embodiment of Lily, the stupid Ooh. doll that Alexa Bliss carries around? You know what? Uh, I am fantasy booking that later. <laughs> now, one of those words are correct. Um, <laughs> so, hey, let's talk about wrestling from these last seven days, huh? There was some wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Joe, I'm going to start things off with... The thing that obviously, if you're tuning into this podcast, you you know, knowing you and knowing me and, and our experiences over the last couple of days, this is going to be the thing that we're going to start the show off with. And that is, of course, the return of Alexa Bliss to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I just want to say I was doing on Monday night what just about everybody in America was doing with their television. And that is of course, watching a DVR copy of 90 day fiance. And I'm scrolling through the major wrestling, uh, Facebook group. And somebody posted a picture of their ultimate, which is the spooky Alexa. And they said, Oh man, I just got this today. And it's already, you know, obsolete. 
And I, I let out an audible gasp and I stopped what I was doing and I actually put on Monday Night Raw for the first time uh, with any kind of enthusiasm in a while. But uh, I just want to say, obviously, we have the return of like a kind of spooky Alexa. Like there's some hints of it. Uh, she came back in some great new gear that accentuates the positives, hides the negatives. And uh, she has at least the banger opening of her music. Uh, for those without as observant ears as I have, uh, her music starts off with the old style, then it kind of changes to the spooky version. Uh, but obviously she came out as a surprise return, squashed Sony DeVille. She still has the stupid doll, but I will take it at this point and uh, give her all the belts, strap her up. Um, hmm... I'm glad she's back. I'm glad she has the opening to the music because that gets me pumped up. Yep. Um, and I'm sad that she still has the stupid doll with her. This could have been a clean break uh, for them to go forward and just kind of ignore like the last like year and change of like fiend nonsense. Yeah. Just per- and just have her happened. be like something different, you know? Well, back to what it was pre-fiend. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Something. Yeah. But, uh, and I, so, also, oh, I was going to say, I, I also hate the fact that, uh, like, uh, we both acknowledge that her music is really, really good. And you don't need to have the ring announcer announce her like the way they did. Because obviously, what was it? Uh, uh, was the ring announcer that announced her or uh, the backstage guy? I forget. Adam. Uh, I was, uh, I think they just did a thing like, oh, and here's your opponent. The return. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I Pierce said it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Pierce said it. So, like. You could have just played the music and got the pop, but instead they na- they announce the name and then the music starts and you you don't see like the Titan Tron or anything. They show the crowd. I hate the way that all that's produced. You know, just just play the damn music and let it get a reaction. Right. Anyways, so uh, I'd like to talk about the MJF segment on Dynamite this week. Okay. Um, outside of. Um, two lines um, where he says about how his contract is up in 2024, which again was more perpetrated. And if you believe that MJF is today uh, considering going to world wrestling entertainment in two years time, I have a bridge and a back scratcher to sell you. Um, (laughs) But that line and the fact that he says that someone in the back doesn't like him bringing that up. Other than those two lines, mm-hmm. this is how MJF should be all the time. I thought this was great. Um, you know, he he was being a heel a little bit even to his hometown crowd that loves him. Um, the dark side of the ring deal um, where they had the <laughs> recreation mixed in with the real life footage. And they had Jericho doing the voiceover. And then they they had the interviews with the old timers and stuff. Um, and then even, you know, with the bit where Wardlow's trying to sign, but he can't sign because the cuffs and MJF just like his own hubris is just like, yeah, take the cuffs off so he can sign, you know, like yeah. <laughs> we all saw what was going to happen. But like, that's like perfect pro wrestling. And like MJF didn't do any like weird, like dumb stuff that he usually does like this was the perfect mjf segment 
Yeah, it almost made, and I say this almost, but it almost made Sean Spears presentable. You know, he was tolerable in that segment. Yeah. If nothing less than, like, the NXT callback of the 10, you know? I'm okay with, like, so it's so weird. Like, when they're part of a group, right? I, I didn't like Sean Spears, but him just as, like, the, you know, when it's just him and Max, because those are the only two people left in that, and him just kind of being, like, that douchey, like, yeah, 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 guy alongside Max. I think mm-hmm. that's a perfect spot for Sean Spears as well. Yeah, like, don't take him seriously. Let him almost be MJF's uh, Stevie Richards, you know? Yeah, there's, that's a good analogy. I like that. Um, I, I, too, like the segments, uh, especially the Dark Side of the Ring stuff. Like, it's just a perfect fit that, you know, Dark Side of the Ring is narrated by Jericho for the most part, and you have access to Jericho. Yeah. And the fact that he acknowledged that, like, why am I doing this? Which... For a second, I'm gonna I'm gonna take umbrage with because Jericho is a heel and MJF is a heel, so you would think Jericho would be up for it. But like this goes back to him playing both sides. Like when he's on commentary and he's almost a babyface sometimes, so that does bug me that he's like, oh, MJF's a dick. Why would I do this? Oh, I'm getting paid. So it, it kind of makes sense. But I liked again. You mentioned Taz, Jake Roberts, Barry Horowitz, all of them being in that. That was all great. Um, I obviously any time. Wardlow gets to destroy the local guys, including CPA. That was pretty fun. Oh, uh, and CPA. I like the – what's that? Yeah, poor CPA. <laughs> I saw that Ed was asking CPA for the shirt, and this happened like – I saw that tweet before I saw the actual footage because I was a little behind. And poor guy had the shirt ripped as he was being thrown out of the ring, so doesn't <laughs> even get to take home a memento. Um, but I like the fact that, like, book too good Ida Smart Mark is, like, now actively with MJF as well. Like, he, he had been – originally back in the day, but now obviously he's with hot Goldberg. He's with Tony Nice, He's with MGF. So I like all that stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to where this goes. Maybe not necessarily the steel cage with Sean Spears, but uh, yeah, I agree. This is a good segment and MJF kind of playing it up that he's, you know, the hometown hero, the most magical place on earth is Long Island. Uh, but then, as you said, even taking digs, like saying that the people in the back are are the poor people, like all the way at the top, you know, in the poor seats. It was a very good promo, other than, like you said, the, the bidding war of 2024. Uh, I get it. I just I'm not a fan either, you know. Right. So that's really all I got. All right. Um, well, I mean, I was going to talk about Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter or the fact that Veer squashed some dude named Frank Loman looked really familiar, but <laughs> I guess we'll talk about the LVAC bash at the brewery this past weekend, right? Sure. So Joe, you and I, I think had <laughs> relatively different experiences over the weekend. So, um, obviously I got there much later than you did due to different call times for both of us, but, uh, anything you want to talk about before the doors open, any kind of interesting stories or that you won't get buried for telling <laughs> emphasis on won't get buried for telling. <laughs> uh, so, you know, obviously I drove down by myself and I was maybe directly shamed and indirectly shamed by people. It's like, Oh, you know, we could have rode down together. Or we could have did this or we could have did that. And I'm like, well, I like driving by myself, especially in a, like a short drive like this. But it sucked because it was raining so much. Oh, yeah. Um, no, and especially me. in the way home since it was still raining. And I'm an old and I don't get out very much. I don't like driving at night in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get to the building. I'm early. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm ahead of call time. I come in and uh, I knew, you know, who all was going to be there. But on my way there, I was uh, talking to Bryce to uh, talk about the opening segment of the show, right? Where we're going to present the plaque to uh, Avery Good, okay? Yeah. So as Bryce is telling me about this on the phone, that he's going to be there late and so on and so forth. And I'm like, Bryce, this is the first I'm hearing of this. And he's like, <laughs> oh, well, Mantis told me about this like weeks ago. And I'm like, Bryce, I'm the last one to know anything, right? Yeah. So I get there and I'm looking at the sheet for the opening segment of like who the people are going to be there. And then it turns out like there's more people that end up being there that aren't on the sheet. And then like this one couldn't be there because they got COVID. This one couldn't be there because they said, you know, well, I'm hurt, but I'll still come. And then the day of they're like, I'm not coming now. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, Adam, um, knowing how the layout was since you were there. You know where the entranceway was? Yep. The band was. Okay, yeah, the, like the band the was on like the, the the band was on the far side of the entrance. Yeah, well, right. So, but right, but there was a band like right next to the entranceway. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, and yeah, I remember now. Okay, that's where commentary was originally set up. Oh Jesus Christ! Right. Um, and on my way down, uh, Chris from LVAC is sending me pictures, how nice the setup is, and, like, all this other stuff. And I'm like, that looks great, right? And then Smart Mark shows up, and they're like, this won't work. We need to, like, be hardwired to the hard cam. Like, hard cam needs to be hardwired into you guys, and we need to be on this side as opposed to this side. So then we had to, like, find other tables and move everything across the building to get commentary set up on the other side so that it's right next to where smart mark needed all their stuff set up and again if it's not set up the way that they want it the show don't get taped and the show don't go out live you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah i i can't speak for like what your experience was on commentary but like i watched it back over the last couple of days oh and there, was you. A, there was a couple times where uh, you know, there was some fighting in the crowd and like uh, not to get ahead of myself, but Abby Jane comes out and kind of uh, chases off, uh, chases off Sydney Bacabella. And because, you know, Abby's, you know, very small and Sydney's not exactly a skyscraper, they were kind of lost in the crowd. And I'm sure you guys didn't see it because you didn't mention it on commentary. So you guys kind of need to be in a more elevated position, you know, because I'm sure it was difficult to see with all the people standing in front of you. Well, and that's so the other thing is, like, sometimes we might need to be tipped off to certain things. Like, there was a thing that happened before the 10 man that I kind of helped orchestrate to make sure that it happened. And if you watch the show, maybe you noticed. If you didn't, you didn't, you know, maybe go back and watch like the preamble to that match. Um, but like when it was presented to me and I'm, I'm putting it like I'm helping putting it together, I wanted it to be like on a scale of one to 10, like a two. Mm -hmm. like what you saw. And then I think what we ended up seeing was like a six. So it might've showed like their hand a little bit sooner, but again, I don't have the final say on anything, you know? Yeah. Um. So what ended up happening was by the time that we got to like the second or third match and like people are standing up and there's like a lot of mat work or people fighting on the outside, we just kind of moved ourselves over so we could see the setup that, smart mark and iwtv had on their screens so we were like calling what was on the screens yeah 
And they even offered that they can kind of like move the screen over by us so we had a better shot of it. But for the most part, we were okay. But I, again, I don't think we're going to be running that venue anytime soon, so we don't really have to worry about it. But again, it's always a lot of like learning, uh, growing pains when you're at a building like that, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so like as far as me going down, uh, you might have – if you listen to Longbox Heroes After Dark in the correct listening order, you know, some of this might have been told already, but myself, our friend Dave Holden, and Todd Roker made the surprise appearance uh, at the LVAC. And obviously, we're trying to hide Todd. You know, we have a towel over his head the whole time. You know, we don't want anybody to see him slipping into the arena. But, you know, we get there, and as you said, it is pouring I am, of course, wearing, as advertised, the Broski purple leather jacket, um, and it's just, we're getting soaked, and the line to get in was going real slow, and I don't like the facts, and this is just me grumbling, and it's not, I, I don't take anything personally to anybody, but if you advertise, hey, you need to have a Vax card or a proof of a negative test, uh, they were still allowing people to get tested on the spot, which I get it. You want to let people in, but it's not like the LVAC did not hammer this down people's throat. And I feel like if you show up and you disregard those two things, uh, then you know what, boohoo to you, you're not coming in. Uh, so that's just me. And I, again, that, that opinion might not reflect anybody else's, but that kind of held up getting in. Uh, so when we were coming in, we were all just soggy, soggy masses, um, but with that being said, I am a very cheap date when it comes to drinking alcohol. So normally I'm just like, Oh, give me a Miller light or whatever else is just like cheap and light. And I can drink a bunch of them. But here's the thing, Joe, I was at a brewery and, uh, apparently those champion cream ales have a very high alcohol concentration <laughs> to them. So, uh, um, you know, all of us, myself, Todd, maybe some other people in the soon-to-be-named network who uh, also partake were kind of alternating going back and forth on getting rounds. And, you know, once the show started, as anybody who watched this on uh, live on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium can attest, myself, Todd, and Dave were right there on hard cam side, you know, just trying to mug to the camera. And uh, I was enjoying uh, the very much of the beginning half of the show. And then as the show went on, uh, I started wandering and I was firing off tweets a lot. And then uh, like I was making Dave hold my beer while I tweeted. And I feel like this is the closest I'll ever get to being Ed Cody. Cause like, this is what it's like to be him on an EAW show. But uh, after that, you know, I was just kind of lingering around. I was going outside and stuff like that. And there was even a point like towards the end of the show. And I, I know we're bouncing all around here, but towards the end of the show, I, I know uh, Avery Good was wrestling Abby, and then I went outside and came back in, and I'm like, I'm either really drunk or that's Mr. Touchdown. What what happened? So uh, things changed, but I had like a really really good time at the show, and most importantly, Joe, I know I I, I got to get a lot of Mark photos that I that I tweeted out, but mission accomplished. I'm on the battleship with the big banner behind me. I got my Mark photo with Avery Good. Uh, Might have been my last opportunity ever to do that. And uh, I said I was going to do it, and I got it done. Uh, I might have been, and I apologize to, to him and to anybody around him. I don't remember the interaction I had with him. I just remember going up to him and be like, hey, can I get a picture? Uh, so uh, I, I hope I was respectful. 
but like I had a really, really good time and I need to uh, moderate myself if I'm going to a brewery to, to watch a wrestling show. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time, next time yes. it's there, I'll make sure that you behave. But no, there was a lot of people there that I didn't expect to be there. Like you'd said, Mr. Touchdown was there. My friend Derek, who I haven't seen in a while, like he'll show up every now and then at like uh, one of the Sokol shows just to like sneak in, say hi and sneak out. Mm. Um, Hydra, uh, Mantis is always good to see. Um, you know, surprise appearance by Orange Cassidy. Um, you know, people like the card ever changing throughout the the weeks and the days and everything else leading up to it. Um, you know, and a lot of the pictures going around, of course. I think Adam tweeted out. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Hang on, let me. Um, you know, there's there's like a big group picture of everyone kind of backstage post whatever and i'm glad that i got roped into that mm. um adam did have a couple pictures of me and and again loud and noxious jack coming out for us to do commentary which was part of that whole thing that you know i was unaware of until we got there and i do like that you not only took a picture but included it of me being the second least <laughs> athletic person getting into the ring that day <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad uh, I, I I was not expecting you to come out like that either, because I don't believe you've done that in any of the LVAC shows that I've been yeah. to. At least. Yeah. So uh, it was a nice little surprise. And just to again, I watched this back on uh, on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. And I just want to point out there was a lot of inconsistency. I don't know if you re- realize this and maybe it's just you slipping back into old habits. But when you grab the mic, you introduce yourself as Leonard F. Chikarison. Oh, I did. You did. And Ugh. you were you were introduced as Diamond Joe Sposto by Vlad. It's supposed to be and Diamond then, Joe Leonard, but right. No, you he I'm 90% sure because I just watched this yesterday and I made a note. I'm pretty sure he said Diamond Joe Sposto. No, no, I get that. But okay. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. It's not it's supposed to be Diamond Joe Leonard. Yes, yes. So yes, he said okay. the wrong thing and I called myself the wrong thing. Yeah, so he called you Diamond Joe Sposto. You called yourself Leonard F. Carson. And then when you got on commentary, when you and Loud and Noxious, uh, you then said Diamond Joe Leonard. So there was a little bit of continuity issues there. But I just found it funny that, you know, you get yourself in front of a crowd with a mic in your hand. You slip back into an old persona. I thought that was interesting. So um, I'll just I'll, I'll just, like I said, I'll say this. Yeah. Didn't want to get in the ring. I think it could have been done without me since we were getting tossed anyway. But uh, the consensus was that I should. Yeah, no, I think um, you and are I too wish hard I would have known because I would have dressed a little bit better. <laughs> would you dust you take the old suit out of the trunk? The old, uh, the I old wouldn't have taken the fun? suit out of the, the trunk, but I at least would have like gotten a haircut. <laughs> um, I might have worn like a collared shirt. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have looked like the homeless person that I typically look like. <laughs> um, but again, like I found out about it as I was like three-fourths of the way to the building. Bryce calls me. He's like, hey, what do you have planned for this? And I'm like, I got nothing because it's the first we're talking about it, right? Yeah. Um, I was, was also a, There was also a bit where the plaque that uh, Avery Good got, he was supposed to break the plaque. Uh-huh. But then uh, we were told that the plaque was too expensive for him to break. So <laughs> he should just, like, spit on it or throw it down, but please don't break it. <laughs> When you called me over to the commentary station, you showed me that plaque. I wish I had gotten a selfie with it or something. I, I, uh-huh. I really, again, I wasn't thinking clearly. <laughs> no, but regarding you, 
Yeah, regarding you getting into the ring uh, and it maybe not being the most graceful slide, I think you have two options going forward. I uh, For any future in-ring appearances, I want you to either do the full run and slide, you know, like one of the, like Jeff Hardy, or you have to do the jump up to the apron like Brock Lesnar. I was going to say, I could do the run and slide like Jeff Hardy and then I'm dead. <laughs> Like, it's going to be like when Vince blew out both of his quads. <laughs> I want to see that. Um, and just real quick, because it's in my notes here, uh, regarding me re-watching the show. Because, again, I wanted to make sure that I, I was able to not only see the whole show in its entirety, but I also wanted to just real quick get a uh, like an analysis of your commentary, because I know that you uh, like it when I critique your commentary. I just want to say not a single reference to me, so I'm a little little upset about that. However, right. however, Joe, once again, you slip in your best friend, Ed, gets a mention when you say, my friend Ed, who's a prominent person in wrestling. You said that during the trios match. So uh, I want to make sure that that goes on record. Also, you plugged the upcoming Helmet podcast between Todd and a certain someone. Right. And... And Gavin does seem interested in it. So there's a listener. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to make those references. And uh, once again, good job on commentary. I enjoyed the the presentation of the live on tape broadcast. Several times during the opening contest, I had direct tweets from Ed saying, mm -hmm. like he like saying, last time they did a live show, I tweeted at Joe to make an Eric the Midget, Eric the Actor <laughs> reference. And he did. And it's like, well, the first match is over. He didn't do it. I guess he didn't see this tweet. So I'm just like, I got to get it out of the way, right? Yeah. Oh, and uh, and Ed, Ed is a prominent wrestling personality. So, you know, you're not. Uh, I feel like I'm not that far off, though. I don't know. Um, however, you did also. And here's the, the kicker, man. You're not going to throw me a reference, but you of all people made a pad the lope reference. Right. God. You're going to say one thing that's annoying and objectionable. You might as well mention me. Um, so you, if, if you are this vain, then you need to give me a heads up ahead of time that I need to make some sort of reference to you on live commentary. A lot of times it's just like a spur of the moment sort of thing. Like an idea will come up or somebody will say something or somebody will do something. Um, but most I, I would say most importantly, I didn't swear the whole time. <laughs> that's true. But I was on hard cam, so I was expecting some kind of reference to the jacket. But mm -hmm. maybe next time. Actually, no. You know what? I, I realized as I was standing outside getting waterlogged that this might be a first time, last time, only time with wearing the jacket out. <laughs> I think it needs to go behind glass uh, in like a temperature controlled area. And uh, this was, you know, what? I, I wore it out. I said I was going to. I got I got my mark picks with it. The, the members of the soon-to-be-named network were lucky enough to get their mark pick with the jacket. So I think it served its purpose. It's it's time to retire the jacket. Right. Um, but like I said, I, got, I was very happy to see a lot of people there, whether it be people that were on the show, at the show, people I haven't seen in months, people I haven't seen in years. Um, you know, I got a chance to see my friend Pelly as he was running through the locker room to use the private bathroom there because the lines were too long and he was going to shit his pants and that would have been a whole thing if he did that. Um, I don't know. There might be more to that story. Who knows? Um, that I heard later when we went to the uh, diner, uh, a whole crew of us, 
uh, you know, all the soon to be named network folks, uh, as Adam mentioned himself, Dave, Todd, um, myself, DJ, Brett, and uh, Erica, Bohr, and Tim, uh, not the tool man, co-host of uh, Viewer's Choice and Final Wrestling Place. We all went to a diner. We all had a good time. A lot of good, fun conversation. And uh, yeah, you know, it's it was good to be back into the old tradition of going to a wrestling show like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I can't do a, that all the time. <laughs> having a diner that is actually open past 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, and that's, that's how you know the world is opening back up. Diners are open back again 24 hours. Exactly. And I just want to say, uh, uh, very surprising to find out that uh, Todd and Erica are kindred spirits when it comes to Smokey and the Bandit. Right. So uh, that that's an interesting, uh, a budding, blossoming friendship there, I'd say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but other than me, like, uh, doing, like, wind sprints in the parking lot and trying to take selfies and not knowing how to flip the camera around until DJ told me to do it, called me an idiot, but justifiably so. Right. Uh, it, uh, like I said, I had a blast. Uh, spoiler for weekly purchases later, but, you know, I, I managed to take home some swag and, uh, you know, like you said, it, it was a, it was good to see people. I don't know nearly as many people as you do, but good to see the people on the soon to be named network. I ran into, uh, some folks from the mystery men. Um, just, just an overall great experience. Right. And that reminds me, I think I, we may share a weekly purchase. I, I forgot about it. Like I said, it's been a hectic, uh, last seven days. Yeah, um, but you getting a chance to watch the show back. Um, you know, obviously in a not altered state of mind with the commentary, <laughs> so on and so forth. Did you enjoy the show at least? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that, uh, just about every single competitor except for maybe one was really, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed all the matches. Uh, I like the Avery good stuff. Like I get it. He's healing the camera. Like I loved uh, the bit at the beginning where he's just like, where the hell have all of you been for the last 17 years? Like, I loved all of that. Right. Um, the match with with Touchdown with being a surprise delivered. Uh, Angela Setti, for somebody who hasn't wrestled in five years, looks like to be in great shape. So um, I need to correct. I was saying five. It was actually three. I screwed okay. that up. But I that mean, was... even if he didn't wrestle in a year, he looked like he was in great shape, yeah, yeah. you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the show. I, it's saved to my Jerry.tv watch list. You know, this is something that uh, five years from now, I'll sign as homework one day, you know? Gotcha. But yeah, no, I like the show a lot. Uh, obviously, he had a bum wheel, but uh, I made it a point to tell him at the time. But uh, the boar, of course, zero bumps, you know, not even close to one. Right. Uh, but yeah, like it was a really fun show. Like I liked just about everything. Perfect. And uh, yeah, like I said, five years from now, we're still doing this show. We're still assigning homework. Uh, you know, statute of limitations could be up. So, you know, <laughs> you never know. Absolutely. Uh, so speaking of homework, I do have a show to assign us. Um, you know, obviously in the hecticness, I didn't get a chance to watch in the last seven days. It happened as we were recording live last week. Uh, and that would be uh, AIW's Cybernetico de Mayo show from the Winchester. Uh, Cheech and Colin versus members only. Isaiah Bronner versus Jeffrey John. Uh, a lot of debuts as the team Money Shot. 
uh, take on the Vaughn Englands. Johnny Patch takes on Riley Rose. Nine to five take on the Bang Bros. <laughs> uh, Katie Arquette takes on Jocelyn Navarro and the the Cibernetico uh, team. Casey Carrington takes on Team Dom Guarini. Don't go by the team listings on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. I think they're wrong of who's on what teams. But again, let's not split hairs. And it's, you know, it's a show that's spoiled. Everything's already out there because they're advertising for next week's show, um, which will not be streaming live just because um, the place in Akron that's whose name I, I forget has bad Internet service. But that typically goes up very quickly. And the main event of that show is uh, Dom Guarini against uh, Adam's Toy Boy. <laughs> I'm very torn on this. Uh-huh. I know, obviously, on one hand, I got a, a a buddy of mine that I talk to on the internet, and you know, I've I've have a relationship with. And on the other hand, I have Dom Greeny. I don't know which way to go. Mm. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, uh, I am rooting for Dom in this, uh, but I kind of want Broski's title reign to last maybe into June, like June 17th. I don't know, uh, but uh, it, whatever will be, will be. So, uh, you know, I'll say this. There's a lot of times professional wrestling, maybe. um, There's people, there's elements, there's situations where even in my old age, and I say even in my old age, in the last like 20 years or so, where uh, I let the veil wash over me, right? Where I kind of lose myself in the the story and the the pageantry and the everything else, right? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Dom's going to fucking kill Broski, and it's going to be glorious. He's going to win both those belts, and this is going to be the last time you're going to see fucking Broski in AIW. Uh, I I saw Broski tweet out that he's going to come in early and go to Cedar Point the day before. Again, he's lucky he's not going the day after because Dom ain't going to break his leg so he can get in a wheelchair and get to the front of the lines. Dom's going to break his neck so he's wearing a halo and those big shoulder things (laughs) in the – uh, roller coasters won't get down over his head, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listen, Broski's a nice guy, whatever it is, but Dom's going to make orphans of Dude and Kylo, okay? Because, <laughs> oh, you know, Chelsea. once Broski, once Broski's gone, Chelsea ain't keeping those animals. She ain't keeping those dolls. She's just going to leave that house abandoned, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to – there's going to be a Chelsea-sized, like, cutout in the wall. Look at a cartoon. Right. <laughs> And listen, I don't know how things work in AIW these days regarding contracts or, you know, any sort of legalities of things. But I have noticed some more recent pictures of Dom. He's been growing a Fu Manchu mustache. (laughs) Okay. Just to to stroke. Just to say the immortal lines. That don't work for me, brother. (laughs) Because, again, you could say that. You could be cute and say it. But if you don't have the Fu Manchu... Uh-huh. And you don't cite paragraph 11, subsection E, then you ain't doing it right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I get you. I get All you. Right. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Again, but, uh, short, sweet, unless Broski does his bullshit Memphis stall at the beginning. Dom's <laughs> no dummy. Uh, you know, Dom's heard the worst and the best people who uh, claim to know that Memphis style. And uh, listen, Dom... Dom <laughs> <laughs> Dom's gonna make Broski look like Bo James when he's done. 
I, I think that you and have... And I might get some heat from that. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, I think that Dom just beats the tar out of Broski for, like, 15 minutes, just is, like, Brock Lesnar murdering him. But then PME comes out, saves, you know, some kind of schmoz. Broski retains. And then the rematch, Joe, should be June 17th. Uh-huh. At the Odeon, I think that that would be a better use of all parties involved. You know, you got to build the heats because, like, you know, this Dom versus Broski thing is just coming out of nowhere. So I think you need to you need to like maybe let it linger a little bit. I think that's the better course of action. And hey, I want to say, uh, Thorn and AIW tweeted out today, uh, Gauntlet for the Gold. There's going to be some surprises. And I did like the, you know, I can't do the, I listen, I can't do rubs Fu Manchu emoji, you know, so Mm -hmm. rubs chin emoji. I don't want people to think that I'm going to be there. I don't want people to get your hopes lowered and think that (laughs) I'm the fucking surprise of all things, right? (laughs) Well, would you come out of the box or would you have the lights go out? No, I would, well, I would do neat. I would come up from underneath the ring. Maybe I'd cut a hole in the ring and come up that way. Um, I think I'm opening my pool that weekend. You know, I'll be having a blast. Oh, okay. Um, but no, it's like, you know, the gauntlet for the gold, it's like a Royal Rumble style thing. Um, you know, you're going to see some old faces. You're going to see some new faces, maybe making their debut. Uh, this is how like, this is how Matt Justice, Matt Justice was kind of like out of the scene and out of AIW for the longest time. And he was supposed to be a one-off in a gauntlet for the gold years and years ago. And it ended up being a career resurgence for him. Um, so it's just that sort of thing, you know. Uh, don't I, expect me, but expect, you know, some surprises. Other surprises, yeah. yeah. I, I could think of some people I'd like to see, you know, maybe from our neck of the woods. I, I know nothing, but I'm just, again, fantasy booking stuff. I wouldn't mind seeing some people, you know, head over to AIW and then, you know, why not have some folks from AIW come over to LVAC? I think... Uh, I think uh, there could be a partnership here. This could be another forbidden door opening up. <laughs> well, I, yeah, again. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about that. I could tell you, but I could tell you. Uh, so, yeah, that's the homework. If, you have, if you've already watched it, then, hey, you're ahead of the game. You know what I mean? Your homework's already done. You can enjoy your weekend, right? Absolutely, yeah. I, I did not get to watch it yet, but I was going to. And, I, again, I say this all the time. I like it when... Something I was going to watch anyways is also going to serve a purpose, so. Yeah. All right, do it up. All right, let's get into some voicemails, huh? Yeah. Hey, guys, this is Wayne Missouri calling in with my weekly SmackDown time, but uh, this week's was a little different. Uh, it went actually 24 minutes, two seconds, um, and what I watched, I actually really enjoyed um, watch the Drew Gulak versus Walter match. Um, expected the outcome of that one, but it was still a fun match. Sami Zayn, Shinsuke, always fun to watch, and I watched the backstage stuff with uh, Sami as well. Caught the end of the New Day, Shameless Rich Holland thing with Butch coming out from under the ring. Um, I don't understand that at all. And then I will have to admit that I watched Happy Time with Madcap Moss. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of remarks about this online, but I noticed something with this one. I noticed that Madcap's insults were from a fan's perspective. Yes, we've seen 
uh, Baron Corbin be a thousand different things, and none of them have really fully connected with the fans. And honestly, I think if they keep that up, the character will actually become something and could serve as a catalyst for the two years of COVID and everything where everything was just kind of on a, you know, a treadmill or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm rambling here, so I will stop my call. I don't want it to get too long. <clears throat> but like I say, I think if they keep that up, they'll be able to kind of dig themselves out of the last two years of stagnant product on SmackDown. And I'm really hoping for it. Chat with you next week. All right. Before I get your rundown of what you watched, Joe, I just want to say I did not watch a second of the pay-per-view WrestleMania backlash. So on Monday, Tuesday around then when I was like, okay, I need to go and like kind of catch up with the, the wrestling that I missed. I just went to SmackDown and I hit delete. Like I was like, it's the go home. It's the go home show to a pay-per-view I didn't watch. So literally nothing is going to happen on this. So I did not watch a second of it. So my uh, SmackDown watching this week was eight and a half minutes. (laughs) I watched the full Madcap Moss uh, Happy Corbin segment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like I if I'm going to watch WWE, I'm going to watch the worst stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Which is uh, hard to pick out, but well, the other thing that I watched was the Lacey Evans segment because I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Adam. There's a there's a twofer with the Lacey Evans stuff. I'm so, not. Have you seen any of the Lacey Evans promos? I saw the first one, and I was like, okay, I know, I, I get what she's doing here. And then she went and did some weird stuff online, and I was like, all right, I'm out. I don't care what you're gonna do. So I haven't seen anything since the first one. So for weeks they've been building up this hard life that she's had and how she's pulled herself up from the boot her bootstraps, right? Yep. And her father was abusive and all these other things and you know how tough she's worked and like she has this catch this catch line of like, you know, the other women in the WWE can't work as hard as she can work, okay? Mm-hmm. So very clearly they're positioning her as like a rah-rah military-esque baby face. So then after the promo on Friday, she comes out in front of the live crowd. But before she comes out, the ring announcer says, Lacey Evans wants to make sure that you're all cheering extra loud for her when she comes out. And I'm like, that's weird. Okay. I was going to say that that was like on television. That wasn't like that was on television, not on that (laughs) scam site that I got the the full L.A. Night segment from, you know. (laughs) Uh-huh. So this was on television. So she comes out and they cheer for her and she's going, she's slapping fans' hands. And I'm like, okay, but that was weird, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on Monday, if you go to WWE's website, she's uh, already moved over to Raw and apparently she's being a position as a heel on Raw. So it's almost as though these several weeks of promos to build her up as a new babyface character were for nothing. <laughs> WWE, everybody. Um, I did not watch uh, WrestleMania Presents Backlash either, um, but I did watch bits and pieces of Raw. Oh, you know what I did watch? (gasps) Uh Uh-oh. And again, I'm not going to say that Tim might have slipped something into my drink on Friday because you're not supposed to joke about those sort of things. Mm -hmm. But I did watch the Cody Rhodes Broken Skull sessions, the whole thing. 
and it was two hours long. <laughs> did um, you like it? Did I like it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cody sure is a good bullshitter. <laughs> and I could I could easily say that Cody Rhodes is the George Costanza of the world wrestling entertainment. Because it's not a lie if you believe it. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, Cody was very much romanticizing a lot of his run in the world wrestling entertainment mm-hmm. uh, pre-leaving. And he, re- like, I don't think Cody realizes, like, 2006 to 2000, like, whenever the Yes movement happened, like, that era of WWE, like, nobody remembers any of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it just all happened in a vacuum. It's all interchangeable. Like, if you showed me a match that happened during that time frame and said, guess what year this happened, I would have no fucking clue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unless there was, like, a plug for a movie or a TV show or something in there, right? Yeah. Uh, but he was very much romanticizing that. Um, you know, obviously, if you love Cody, and especially love Cody being in World Wrestling Entertainment, the one thing that was really hammered home from the bro- Broken Skull Sessions, you better send that fruit basket to your to my sweet Brucey. Because Brucey's a big Dusty Rhodes guy, and, you know, in a lot of his other interviews, Cody said that Bruce was the first one that reached out to him, and he mentions it here as well. And I could absolutely see all of this stuff with Cody winning the title that his dad never could being the Brucey idea. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but <laughs> I'm right. glad that you did. You tolerated it. Right, I'm not going to watch a, a Cody match, but I'll watch all the ancillary stuff, you know? Yeah. All right. All right, you ready for What's the next, next? call? Uh, yeah, I've been ready. <laughs> hey, Joe. Hey, Adam. This is Tom Green. Um, normally, I call him and I have, like, a, a wacky bit to go into, but uh, I'm, like, pissed off. I just watched that Ryan Nemeth movie, Heal, based on uh, talking to Bix, and it is absolute bullshit um uh, i'm gonna spoil the movie and i might uh say uh things that would trigger up thoughts sexual assault the content warning there um ryan nemeth wrote a movie about how he's the hero of speaking out even though he produced it before the speaking out movement i believe um essentially the movie it's about how a woman who was assaulted uh, by a wrestler uh, con- comes to him with her story of being assaulted uh, in a private moment and trusts that he won't tell anybody. Um, the wrestler accused of the assault happened to wear aviator sunglasses and do a spot where he makes people grab him in a sexual manner um, and uh, ask promoters to share, to make him share hotel rooms with uh, young women wrestling on the show with them. Um, It's based on Joey Ryan. No matter what Ryan says, it's based on Joey Ryan. Ryan and his former roommate, who apparently they had a bad experience. Uh, And Ryan has a match with the Joey Ryan character uh, and shoots on him, like bloodies his face. Uh, Essentially, Ryan Nemeth is portrayed as a hero, as the hero of the story, not the victim 
or the survivor of the assault. Uh, Ryan Nemeth is the victim because he heard about the story, I guess. I don't know. Um, literally the last half of the movie is just him acting out a fantasy about beating up Joey Ryan because they had a bad experience as roommates. Um, I don't. And it's, it's really fucked up. Um, and it's deplorable. And please, please, if you see the link, don't click on it. Like, the, what I'm describing to you is pretty much what happened. Um, you, you don't need to see it for yourself. It's, it's fucked up. And please don't give the guy clicks because clicks will probably give him money and attention in some ways. Um, Ryan Nemeth is a piece of shit. Fuck him. And I hope his life is not very pleasant in the future. Um, thank you. Bye. All right, question for you, Joe. I, I think I saw some people talking about this on Twitter, but I have no idea. Like, is this like an actual movie movie, like a or like a a, a skit, like a twenty minute long thing, or is it like? I a think it's a movie? short. It's not like okay. a ninety minute narrative, but I think it's like a short film. Gotcha. All right, uh, yeah, and I, I, I know he had been promoting it for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll say this, and this part I'm half joking, half not joking, but, uh, the few times that I got a chance to meet Ryan Nemeth when he was being booked by AIW, like, nine, ten years ago, he was always nice to me. Uh, however, uh, I say that half joking, half not, that doesn't absolve him from whatever this is, and I haven't seen it, but I've had a lot of people reach out to me privately and publicly, um, you know, like Tom just did here publicly, other people privately uh, saying how pissed off they are about this. And I know there was a lot of people that, like, before they got a chance to see the movie, kind of took Ryan at face value of what this was. And I think a lot of them feel as though they were sold a bill of goods by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't speak volumes for him. And maybe if him and Joey Ryan, his former roommate, didn't have a falling out, maybe he wouldn't have made a negative movie about Joey Ryan, maybe this would have been a positive movie about Joey Ryan. Not that I recommend you going and watching it, but when Ryan Nemeth had his first or second retirement in wrestling, it was at a bar wrestling show, which was Joey Ryan's promotion. So, again, um, I I get what he's trying to do, and I'm not excusing this if it's what Tom says it is and the other people that reached out to me that watched it. Um, If you want to see it for yourself, as Tom said, don't get the link, I'll send you a torrent of it so that he's not making any money off of it, you know? Yeah. Um, But that being said, uh, I don't know if Ryan... I'd like to think that Ryan Nemeth is not a bad person. Maybe he's just really stupid. (laughs) Fair enough. Which doesn't make it any better, but at least, you know, I'd like to think because we have mutual friends that have supported him and Anyway, um, thank you for your call, Tom. Hope you're doing better today. Next call. Hello, Adam. Hello, Joe. It's Jayhawk from IWTV Guide. First time caller, long time listener of the show. Uh, I've got to rant just a little bit here because a friend of mine will remain nameless. Remain nameless. It's getting late. A friend of mine who will remain nameless went to Fashion the Brewery 
and I didn't get to see it live because my son was doing his play, Wizard of Oz. We got to play a munchkin and a winky, and he had a lot of fun. Mm. But I asked my friend, Saturday morning, since I hadn't had a chance to watch the stream yet, how would Avery Good match? And I get, oh, well, my daughter called Edith Surreal, and I call my favorite, because we left before the show was over. <gasps> Avery Good's last match, and you don't even stay for the entire show. And maybe it's, maybe I'm a little too old school, but. Like, I I hate leaving before the end of the show. Like, I'm like, I'm going to miss something. And it was always weird, weird as my dad would never leave a baseball game early even if the team went down, like, 15 runs. But, my God, the end of wrestling got to beat the traffic. Wow. Just, this just annoys me. Like, dude's last match ever, and you're not going to stay to watch it live. You're going to wait to watch it on the stream. It's incredibly frustrating. Like, I'm not the kind of can't watch it on TV live, and you're just going to leave in the middle of the show when you're there. Ugh. Hmm. All right. That's, that's my rant for the day. I'm sorry. I, what do you guys think about, you know, fans leaving before the end of the show or end of a sporting event? I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. Uh, he, you he missed the last three matches of Avery Good. You know, right. I, we didn't mention this earlier in the show, but you literally got three matches. You got match 10, 11, and 12, um, which, you know, one of them was a rematch. So, um I don't think I'd ever leave a wrestling show like, you know, maybe if I was going to like raw or something like that, which I don't do. And like the, the show proper went off and there was a dark match afterwards. That I didn't care about. Maybe I jump in the car to beat like arena traffic, but I would never leave an indie show early unless like the show blew, but I've never had that problem. You know? Um, so obviously Jay, thank you for your call. I can't speak for your friend. You said that he was there with his daughter. I don't know the age of the daughter. I know a lot of people were like, oh, April and Ace aren't here. And I'm like, well, April has work. Um, you know, she had just started her new job. And my kid would have hated being there. You know, he'd just been miserable the whole time, right? He don't like wrestling, okay? Yeah. So maybe the kid was getting restless. Maybe the kid was being a pain in the ass and you needed to get him home, right? Also, I don't know if maybe your friend had somebody else that was driving and maybe he may not have been physically there, but maybe he streamed it live on, like, his phone or his device on the way home. Okay? Stop making excuses for him, Joe. I'm not making excuses. I'm just presenting scenarios, right? Yeah. Um, I will say this, though. There have been times where I have left a wrestling show early before it was over. Uh, but it wasn't because I wasn't enjoying the show. Uh, it was because I was removed from being too drunk. <laughs> Man, uh, I, I can't stand people who just, like, can't handle their, their liquor, man. <laughs> there was a couple Ring of Honor shows in 2004 where uh, I had to wait for the DVDs to come on. It wasn't like we have to. We're spoiled today where it's mm -hmm. streaming and then it's available the next day. Like, those Ring of Honor shows, you had to wait for the DVD to come out, and sometimes that could be weeks, if not months, right? Yeah. Uh, but there was a couple show where they had an open bar. They got a little too drunk. Maybe missed the main <laughs> events a couple times um, because I was in no condition to sit in a chair and enjoy wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't happen anymore. I'm not that person anymore. I only drink in my house alone the way that it should be. Yeah, I say I say have fun at a wrestling show, but you need to stay for the whole thing. That That's the only rule. All right, what else we got? Who's calling? Uh, next call. Hey guys, Kevin here. So I was enjoying Raw and SmackDown just 
ever so much and WrestleMania Backlash. Boy, what a wonderful show that was. And I got thinking about uh, something a wise man named Raven once said. Now, I used to watch a ton of Raven shoot interviews way back when. And he pointed out that there's only a couple reasons for two people to fight. Um, a title slash money, revenge, or a woman. And that's pretty good, simple storytelling. Why are these two fighting? It should be for one of these reasons. And then you get WWE, and we have no title to fight over. You know, Roman's in the six-man match. He's taking time off. And, and not that someone's not allowed to take time off, but there should be a champion. In fact, there should be two champions, one for each show. Otherwise, then Austin Theory and who the hell is the Intercontinental Champion? Still Ricochet? Want to know. So we have two non-B champions because they're not really given much to do with their B titles anyway. That's our champions on the show. Why are we fighting on the show at all then? What's the point? And, you know, you look at comics, which I will always equate comics and wrestling. Here's my, the six-issue arc, and it's Batman against Penguin. And then that six-issue is done, and then we're Joker. And then that six-issue, and then we do Riddler, and then we do Bane. There's always someone new. Who's next for Roman? Drew, I guess. Who's next for Monroe? No one. Are there people you could put in there and, like, quickly or with a couple weeks storyline? Sure. Is there anyone obvious? No. Has the show been on, what, near 30 years, if not 30 years, and they should know how to do it by now? Yup. I listened to Joe talk about Shakara stuff. I listened to John Thorne on the Cards Subject to Change podcast. And there are bookers out there that do something crazy where it's called long-term booking, where they have a plan. And I bet a lot of them have a B plan for, hey, if someone's injured, here's our backup plan. Here's something we can do here. Joe, because uh, I, I think Adam would probably agree with me. Joe, if you're sweet, Brucey, what the hell is going on? Why can't they do long-term booking, let's say, even a month out? So I know who's probably going to have a title shot at the next pay-per-view. This is ridiculous and awful. And it seems like WWE does this frequently. Uh, see also Brock Lesnar. Those are my thoughts for this week. A little cleaner this time as well. Bye. So I, I'm, I'm with Kevin, of course. You know, I think WWE has long-term plans, but I don't think they have long-term booking. Like, they have certain matches in their chamber that they want to get to eventually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes the pieces get moved around. It's like, well, we had the idea to build toward Drew here, but so-and-so got hurt or so-and-so's not there. And again, I'm not making excuses for WWE, but I think WWE has plans. But you have to take into consideration that maybe the plans that WWE has are just bad. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I agree. You know, I, I was even saying when they announced that it was going to be Cody versus Austin Theory for the United States title, like within seconds, I'm like, Cody's going to win the title. He's going to refashion it into a nightmare family belt. And then he's <laughs> going to redo the U.S. Open Challenge like John Cena did and defend the title, like and the TNT title and everything else and like defend that title so that Raw, quote unquote, has a title, you know? Yeah. Since even though Roman can appear on both shows, but if you believe the advertising for SmackDown literally in our backyard this this Friday, Adam, uh, they're advertising a special Raw attraction match of Omos versus Bob Lashley. <gasps> oh, we got to go to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but it's in a perfect world. You know, the U.S. title should be the number one contender belt on Raw. The Intercontinental title should be the number one contender title on SmackDown. And, you know, you could build programs to people while you build those titles up where, like, so-and-so defends the title a bunch of times. And then after whatever the current program is for the champion, then, like, the Intercontinental champion says, I'm going to win the belt. You know, I'm going to go for the belt, right? Yeah. And then, you know, he wins, he loses, whatever. He wins. You know, you move the Intercontinental title, you have, like, a tournament or something like that or a number one contenders match. Um, But I think we talked about it last week where it's been said on TV at least, like, two or three times in the last two weeks that wins and losses matter and, like, matches being taken off of, like, their their win-loss record and stuff like this. So are WWE going to start going toward that? I don't know. But the fact that they're saying it is definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I think WWE has long-term not booking but plans. They're just it's just that it's bad. Yeah, I think that they sit down the day after WrestleMania and they write down like two or three matches just with the top top guys. And usually it's like you know, like something like Roman versus The Rock. It'll always be like one person they have, and then maybe like a legend or like a celebrity or something like that. And they'll just say, okay, we're going to get to this point in a year, but they don't give a shit how they get there, whether it makes sense or not, or what happens to the other 98% of the roster along the ride. You know, it's like, we just need to get these three people to this spot, you know? (sighs) Ah, anyways, thanks for the call, Kevin. Yes, thank you, Kevin. All right, next call. Hey, guys, calling in super last minute. Hopefully I can make it in. We have a show next week, the Gauntlet for the Gold. And obviously there's going to be a lot of surprises. And uh, spoiler alert, Joe Sposo is making his return. No. To <laughs> and I'm so excited. Happy to break the news for everybody here in this voicemail. But um, either way, what are some surprises that you think we may see? Obviously Joe may have more knowledge as far <laughs> as AIW's history is going. But why, who do you think? Who are some surprise guests you think might come down? That's all I've got. Figured I'd chip in a little bit for the episode, make it a little longer. All right, that's mm-hmm. all I got. You guys have a great one. Well, again, obvious- not oh, only was that a late call, but I don't know who that was because they, they didn't say their name. I know who that is. That is the strongest man in all the land, Arthur MacArthur, and the exclusive voicemail caller, like uh, like at odds wrestling, meaning that he cannot call it to any other show, nor would he want to. Um, I just want to say, like, obviously. Before you get into your thing, uh, as you said, you will not be going to that show. Uh, I also will not be going there. I mean, if I was going to go to an AIW show, I'd probably go to one that's at the Odeon. Like, you know, maybe June. I don't know. That seems more likely. But so I wouldn't uh, be going to this show either. But before you go and bury Sweet Artie, I'll just say thank you for the call. So um, some surprises that I'd like to see. Mm. Um in the uh, AIW gauntlet uh, for the gold. Now, I-, I could say that I can't answer that because I might know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and because I know, then if I say someone, you know that I'm not going to spoil an actual surprise, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I wouldn't, like, give away that, like, say, Hollow Wicked's going to be in it, right? Because I know Hollow Wicked's not going to be in it, right? So I could say... 
oh, I think Hollow Wicked's going to be in it, but I know Hollow Wicked's not going to be in it. So don't get your hopes up. Hollow Wicked's not going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Is Hollow Wicked going to be in it? Hollow Wicked's not going to be in it. Oh, man. I thought you were doing um, like a triple-double reverse on that. So I don't know, Adam. Do you have any ideas? Do you have any thoughts? Because I can't answer that question because I'll incriminate myself. I, I don't know anything about AIW previous to like a year ago. So I'm... <laughs> I can't be the one to tell you that. So uh, I'm just going to say it's going to be an LVAC invasion and they're going to take over and uh, maybe bulking season defects to the good team. And I don't know. I'm just, again, I'm making stuff up as I go along. I got nothing. So I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know nothing. Mm. Um, You know, some, well, again, I do know something <laughs> a lot actually, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how far the booking has gone on this, but maybe if I speak it into existence. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think AIW has done this for their gauntlet for the gold. And again, it's a Royal Rumble ripoff sort of thing. Um, it's an where, homage. Huh? Homage. An, a loving yeah. tribute. Exactly. Where you have number one and number two be uh, already in Chuck Stone. Ooh. You do the old demolition spot, you know? Yeah. Where the two partners have to fight each other, and then you know maybe like the next couple, uh, the next couple of guys come out or like Jay Brones, like nobody worth anything. So even though it's every man for themselves, once there's another competitor in the ring, bulking seasons can work together. Um, and then maybe somebody comes out that's just like a little bit too much for the two of them to handle. No such thing. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm putting the, I'm putting the pitch out there. I don't know if Artie knows the guy in charge of an AIW and is he's in his good graces this week but pitch that idea of you guys being number one and number two in the uh gauntlet for the gold all right i like it yeah all right last call pink button time yay hey drone adam it's ed um so this week they uh they revealed like i don't know if they intended to but everybody's seen it i guess by now the new ring of honor logo uh i like it. it's pretty dope um, it made me think, like, if you could sign, like, five independent people or move them over from AEW to Ring of Honor, like, who would you pick? I'm just going off, assuming that the champions will go, right? Because I think that's a perfect place for Joe, uh, because let's, no one wants to admit that he's washed, but Joe's washed. He's, but he's good for, like, one really good match a month. Uh, and then Weaver Yuta, because I feel like you build everything around him, similar to Adam Page. But, like... Assuming that all the champions are going, here's uh, who I pick. I go number one, Kota Ibushi, because he seems pretty disgruntled, <laughs> and I think an ROH crowd would really dig him. Same with Johnny Gargano. Um, I, that man is perfect to sell out like 2,000 seat arenas. Uh, I think he's perfect for that uh, level. Um, then I would go Jake Atlas, because like Wheeler Yuta, he's young, and I think you can build around him. Then, like, that women's division, uh, I don't even know who's in it. I guess Mercedes Martinez. I guess you need something for that. So I'd go to Cena. Um, and then my last one, I had it written down somewhere. Where did I? Lost it. Oh, shit, there it is. It was in my shoe. Um, I, the last one I go with Stokely Hathaway. I mean, you don't do whatever. You just let Stokely be Stokely and, uh, and make money. So who would you guys pick for uh, independent signings for Ring of Honor or, like, moving someone over from AEW? Okay, bye. All right, before we get into this, 
Uh, I literally am just now looking at this new Ring of Honor logo, and I fucking hate it. Uh, I like the classic logo, you know, like the uh, just the red and black, like I get, uh, hard to explain. But uh, even the most recent one with kind of like I don't know if it's like O's overlapping with like a, like a I don't know how to describe it, but like this new one with like looks like a House of Pancakes logo. <laughs> you know? But, uh, again, I will defer to you for the most part, Joe. I'm just going to throw out some random names that kind of popped into my head. Ed mentioned Johnny Gargano, and I, of course, am a Gargano mark. But I'm going to say send over Ethan Page. Give him a nice run at the top. Maybe bring in Josh Alexander, but keep them apart. You know, maybe a little bit of the North teased as, a, as like, a return. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I want to see a run of Ethan Page where he's not just, like, a sidekick. And uh, you know what? Just speaking of uh, what we've been talking about all show, I want a huge swerve. I want them to bring in top independent wrestler Avery Good. Uh, I like the way you're thinking. Yep. Uh, I'm glad uh, Ed found that thing that he lost. Could have been anywhere. Um, <laughs> you mentioned about the Ring of Honor logo, the classic Ring of Honor logo. There's a bit of like known trivia, but I don't think you know it, right? I know very little, so it's safe to say. So uh, in the first like Ring of Honor like program or whatever it was, they thanked Fan because it was a fan-designed logo that they ended up going with. And it was young fan Michael Paris. Now, you're not going to know who Michael Paris is. Um, oh. But you would know Michael Paris better as his at least NXT name of Joaquin Wilde. Oh, Okay. Uh, so before he got in the business, he was just a fan, like an artist and everything else like that. And he designed that original Ring of Honor logo. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so Ring of Honor, right? We're bringing five people. And the way that Ed said it, it sounded like he was saying, like, moving people from the AEW roster over to Ring of Honor. But he then he started, was like... Yeah, he started with that. And then he's like, oh, and if you want to sign people from the Indies, you know. Okay. So here's who I'm saying you're going you're gonna to put over there, Okay. Mm. Whether we're like, obviously all the champions are coming over, whatever, right? Um, So I'm looking like maybe like two guys, maybe two girls and a tag team, okay? Mm-hmm. I love the idea of moving Jake Atlas uh, over, you know, uh, a little bit low, lower pressure for him, um, you know, be able to build himself back up. And then that's the other thing is like, obviously guys from Ring of Honor technically should be able to move up to AEW, right? Yeah, at this point, you know, say what you want, but our Ring of Honor is the NXT to AEW. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so you have him. Um, I would try to grab um, uh, Ponderosa, a.k.a. Deanna Perrazzo, <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't let that match that she had on TV fool you. She's actually really, really good. Um, I would try to grab someone from Japan, like maybe put like your Maki Ito over there, right? Mm-hmm. Of Again, course. a little a little lower profile, a little bit less pressure situation, whatever. Not to say that she's not a high level performer, but it is what it is. Um, you know, you have Samoan Joe, you have you know some other legacy folks, Jay Lethal's and people like that. Um, I would look up maybe to like get homicide to like an exclusive, exclusive quote unquote legends deal for Ring of Honor. Okay. And then for my tag team, you know, just because this will be the way that we can get them against FTR, I would sign uh, 
Dom Greeny and Kevin Koo. There's your five. No, wait. Um, if I miss someone, Willow Nightingale. Willow Nightingale's the other uh, woman that I'd want as well. I think I said six. I don't care. Deanna Perazzo, <laughs> we're going to take Maki Ito out. Willow Nightingale, Deanna Perazzo, Homicide Under a Legends deal, Jake Atlas, and uh, Dom and Koo as a tag team. I'd be fine with that as well. Right. Awesome. All right, everyone, thank you very much for the calls. Um, so, uh, plugs, I guess. We mentioned yeah. a bunch of times Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, uh, where you could watch the stuff that we assigned for homework. You could watch the stuff that's not assigned for homework, like this past weekend's LVAC Bash at the Brewery. I don't have confirmation that the two Real Rumble shows will be on uh, LVAC. I don't know if they'll be streaming live. I don't know if they'll be up there eventually, but I'm certainly going to work my damnedest on all parties involved to make sure that it does. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Right. Um, tickets for the Real Rumble are on sale as we speak. The link to that will be in the show notes. Um, you know, whether you're coming for the wrestling, you're coming for the movies, you're coming for both. Uh, it's two days. Make a weekend of it. Treat yourself, as they say. Mm. Uh, use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber. Um, and if you continue your subscription as a pay, you know, the longer you continue your subscription, we get a little bit of a kickback um, from Jerry. You could also help us out by going over to our T Public store, housed under the mothership, tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes. You can get designs inspired by this show and everything from shirts to cell phone covers to notebooks. I have it on good authority that T Public, in the very near future, are going to be upping the price on their twos and three Xs. So get them in now while the sale is going. <laughs> uh, another they, way that you can help us oh sorry I was going to say they can join the uh, at odds fitness challenge you know? that's not happening <laughs> that's not happening uh, you can also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link it's in the show notes to every single one of these episodes does not cost you anything extra they Amazon call it an advertising fee because it wasn't for us telling you that they exist you would not know that they exist. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy when he gets, uh, at the end of the month, when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases that the Amazon click through this past week include uh, somebody purchased the Blu-ray 4K ultra high definition of Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2. Oh. Uh, somebody also purchased Warmy's microwavable French lavender scented otter. Wait a minute. So this is a microwavable otter? Apparently. It's a stuffed otter. Oh, it's stuffed. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All it, right. Does cute, it does cute little human things with its hands, so it's free to go, right? <laughs> All right. Okay. I like it. Uh, but yes, thank you for anyone who made a purchase either this week, last week, last month, or forever. Uh, every bit is appreciated. Absolutely. Uh, and what else is appreciated? It's all the other shows on the soon-to-be-named network and the other shows that aren't on the network, but we still appreciate them, too. And those shows are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Hit My Music, Final Wrestling Place. I always want to say it like, Final Wrestling Place, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, IWTV Guide, Pod Van Dam. Hellions Talks, Wings on Wings, and Between the Sheets. And no, I am not reinstating the A-Show to the plugs. I will not mention the A-Show on this podcast ever again. 
But that's all I got, Joe. All right, that's all I got, too. So I guess it's now time for Adam's favorite part of the show, not the segment itself, but this part. (laughs) Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> you know what doesn't get enough attention, Joe? My beautiful singing voice. Look out, DeWiki. Like, uh, seriously, like if there's a, like a, a play or a, you know, musical in this area, I might go and audition. You never know. Sign, sign up for the uh, the Ritz Theater's uh, summer camp. It's you and a bunch <laughs> of six-year-olds singing Let It Go. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right, Joe, I think that you teased this at the beginning of the show. We might have some overlap in purchases. And eh, I yeah, I got one. It's All over, right. Yeah, we'll overlap on maybe one. And I got, one. A funny, I got a funny story about it, too. Okay, well, I'll, I'll say the thing that I don't think that we overlap on from the LVAC bash at the brewery. But I ended up with uh, a four-pack of Dan Champion Cream Ale, uh, which are the cans that feature Big Dan, Sidney Bacabella, and Avery Good on it. Uh, I don't know how I got them. I'm pretty sure Dave bought it for me and just put them in the car. But uh, they are currently in my refrigerator uh, because I am a mint in can guy. And I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, am I going to drink these? Am I going to just leave them in the fridge? Am I going to drink one, but then I won't have a full set? I'm very torn on the fate of these, but I have them. Uh, so the, that's all that I care about at the moment. Um, I'm sure that there is people who collect cans. Mm-hmm. And you could probably find like a tutorial on how to keep at least one without the stuff inside going shitty. And, like, blowing up or turning to sludge or whatever could happen to these things, right? Sure. Uh, if but I, I say I say drink them, man. Go nuts. I already did. Okay. <laughs> Those are the ones. No, I mean, I went nuts with the ones that were at the bar. Oh. Um, if I keep – here's a question for the listeners out there who might know. If I keep them in my refrigerator, will the cans, like, rot? Because people are saying, like, oh, if you keep it room temperature, eventually the can's integrity will break down or the seal will break. But if I was to, like, store it in my fridge, basically turning my refrigerator into, like, a a, a colder detolf, would that, like, preserve the beer? Uh, not for drinking purposes, but just for collectability purposes. So these are the questions that, I, that go around in my crazy brain. So if anybody knows the answer, let me know. I don't but, know the answer. Yeah, that's what I was saying, if anybody out there knows. Um, but the other thing I bought, and we might overlap on this is I got the hottest bit of, of merch out there. Like, this is something that was highly anticipated, and this is the new Boar t-shirt featuring Erica Lee, the new Gummy Boar shirt. Right. Now, I will say this. Uh, I purchased mm-hmm. this as well. Yep. Um, and m- weeks and weeks ago, when uh, Boar said that he had new merchandise come in, it was going to be de- debuted, unveiled, whatever, at the LVAC show, I messaged him. I'm like, put one aside for me, right? So I was there when the box was delivered to himself and Erica. Now, I I do appreciate that the board trusts my judgment as much as he does. 
But this is one of those moments where I worked myself into a shoot, right? <laughs> okay. So he brings the box over and he shows me. It's a really cool design. It's a white shirt. And it's got like a design on the front and the back, right? Mm-hmm. So he's looking and he's doing... And Boar could do this because he's got the Fu Manchu under the mask. <laughs> and he starts stroking the Fu Manchu and he's thinking to myself... And thinking, and thinking aloud, he's like, how much do you think we should charge for this? It's got a double print on it, you know, front and back, a lot of colors, that sort of thing. And uh, I'll say this, I want to preface this by saying that whenever I buy merchandise from any of my friends in wrestling, I always pay full price. And I appreciate them offering to me the good brother price. Um, But I don't want to see you losing money on your stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And there's even a lot of times where... They're insistent on giving me the good brother price, and I will absolve myself from buying. And I say, you know what? I'll see you at the end of the night or see you at the end of the weekend because I would rather them sell them to the fans and get full price than them giving me the good brother price and end up losing money, right? Yeah. Now, granted, I've had times. Everything okay over there? Yeah, no, I just knocked something over. I'm good. <laughs> now, granted, I've had times where, you know, they've just gone ahead and, like, slipped a shirt or a piece of merch in my bag because I was being difficult and not wanting to accept the good brother price. And then they even lose more money because then they're giving me the shit for free. <laughs> uh, you're not going to see that out of the boar. So he's, he's stroking <laughs> the Fu Manchu and he's asking me how much he thinks he should charge. And I'm like, well, front and back print. And I asked him if he doesn't upcharge on like the two or three X's and he says he doesn't. I go, I think 25 is a fair price, right? Mm-hmm. And then I paid him the $25 yeah. for the shirt. Now, I should have said, let me get mine first and lowball them. <laughs> and then later said, oh, yeah, you should sell for 25 after I already got mine for like 20 you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, the, all the money goes to a good uh, person, two good people in Erica and the Boar. And I did think it was funny after the event – um, we come backstage and I'm, you know, glad hand and saying my goodbyes and everything else like that. And somebody else comes through. is like, Oh, is the boar still here? Somebody is out there. Wants to, wants to buy merch off. Yeah. And you know, for a guy with a bum leg, <laughs> uh, there's a sale to be made. He moved pretty quick. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. 25 bucks for a shirt that is not only double-sided, but is also going to be split two ways. I got yeah. no that. I think that's more than fair, you know? So, uh, happy to buy it. Um, and, uh, like at the back of that shirt, you know, really showcases who the true faces of the LVAC are. The faces? (laughs) The faces. All right. Um, speaking of maybe some people we just mentioned, uh, I'm not going to consider this a weekly purchase on my behalf, but I just want to say that I just recently brokered a deal. For someone, maybe they are a host on one of the other soon-to-be-named network shows. Uh, I made sure that they got something that they've been looking for, and uh, I'm not going to say who. And if you want to figure it out, I don't know. You got to go listen to all the other shows in the soon-to-be-named network. It could have happened on Wings on Wings. I don't know, uh, but I'm sure somebody will mention it on their podcast. But uh, uh, I helped somebody find something. Um, one other thing that is not really a purchase per se, I have mentioned before. That scourge of this podcast and world's nicest person, Shawnee Caulfield, uh, one of my nemesis in this life, had a whatnot stream 
the other day and I was on there and I entered one of the giveaways and I won one of his cards again, which I already have. But when I get it, I am going to give it away in the Facebook group and uh, just kind of pass it along. But uh, I just want to say that technically that is something that I got and uh, but I'm not going to keep it. Speaking of things I'm not going to keep, Joe, I got my (laughs) mystery prize slash giveaway slash item for being a major pod ultimate tier member. Uh, And I was an ultimate tier member like last month or the month before when they were running this because I wanted to get that major bendies opportunity for the one that was like limited to 150. Uh, And they sent me today in the mail, a major pod back scratcher. So yay back scratcher. Uh, I got it. I sent a picture in the group chat. And five minutes later, I sold it in the group. So I'm happy to be rid of that. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, but okay, on to regular purchases. Um, I might have made a couple purchases on ringside because they were doing uh, like whatever the holiday is. Is it Labor Day? Is it Memorial Day? I don't know. Whatever the next appliance holiday is. <laughs> Memorial Day. <laughs> Memorial Day. So they're doing a Memorial Day sale. And... One of the things that I had wanted uh, from Ringside that they had sold out of recently, understandably, came back in stock. And that was the Target Legends Series 7 Razor Ramon figure. I don't know if you remember seeing that figure. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Just a beautiful figure, which obviously this happens all the time. You're like, oh, I'll just pick it up down the road. And then he passes and they go up in price and yada, yada. But Ringside got them back in and it was on sale. So I grabbed that. And uh, in order to get the free shipping, this was also on sale as well. Uh, The Elite 92 Adam Cole figure, but this time the Chase with the camo pants, uh, camo trunks, whatever. So I got those both from ringside this week. And they shipped it in the smallest box imaginable. It was like this tiny little box that can fit in the palm of your hand, but they somehow were not destroyed. Uh, so I, like I said, I didn't have any other purchases, you know, I think I mentioned weeks and weeks ago what I got my wife for her birthday. Again, nothing for me. Uh, I did get her a fudgy the whale birthday cake. Oh, that's a gift for everybody in the house. It is a gift for everyone. That's true. (laughs) Um, but while I was out and about today, I did go run by, uh, my local Walmart and they did have two of the new Jeff Hardy elites. Uh, Okay, that's not, I mean, that's new-ish. That's been out for a while. But that's all they had. Gotcha. Yeah, they usually have that Jeff Hardy and the Goldberg from that series, too. Yeah. So they just had two Jeff Hardys. But I didn't need Jeff Hardy. I didn't buy him. Nah, nobody needs Jeff Hardy. All right. So out on the wild, or out (laughs) in the wild this week, uh, I bought the Target Legends Mean Mark figure. Uh, just because, eh, whatever, it's a cool figure. I like it. Um, And it meets the rules. Again, it's a Target exclusive. So, so far, I've mentioned figures that were either exclusives or chases, so they're all allowed. Um, And that was going to be it for uh, In the Wild purchases for me. But here's the thing, Joe. I got extra boots on the ground. I got eyes on the streets when it comes to doll safaris now. I can do doll safari from the comfort of my own home, thanks to Toy Boy Todd. And uh, I got a text the other day. From Todd, it was a picture of the Target Legends Red Pants Chase Edge figure. 
Oh, okay. He's like, you needed this, right? And I'm like, sure do, buddy. So he grabbed that and uh, added that to my collection. See, I don't even have to leave my house now. I Todd might find me a Chase Brody Lee at this point. He's out and up looking for Oh, boy. <laughs> so he got that for me in the wild. It was uh, a Chase that I, I would not pay, like, extra for, you know, but I, I wanted it if I found it out and about. So right. happy to add that to the collection. So I have that uh, the money from that back scratcher sitting in my PayPal account that I sold earlier today, and uh, it wasn't even in there long enough to to like warm my PayPal account, if that makes any sense, uh, because it very shortly within an hour went out to Mr. Dylan Hornswoggle Postal, <laughs> the star of six WrestleManias and Muppets Most Wanted, Mr. And Leprechaun Origins and Leprechaun Origins, uh, <laughs> Mr. Doo Doo and Chocolate Fingers. Uh, I don't know. I'm leaving some stuff out, but he had posted in the pod group today, uh, coincidentally enough, a bunch of Scott Hall figures that he bought with the intention of having Scott Hall sign the next time Scott worked uh, Swaggle's promotion. So uh, he didn't want them anymore, doesn't have that purpose for him anymore. And here's the awesome thing. I mentioned that all of the Scott Hall figures obviously have become in more demand. So what Swaggle did was he looked up eBay sales that were prior to Scott Hall's passing for comp sales. Okay. So I actually bought an NWO Scott Hall from WrestleMania Elite Series. Uh, and it's kind of, uh, I'll send you a picture just so it's easier to explain. But it's like black and white NWO Scott Hall. Sure. So I have like the last call hall in the wolf pack. Uh, I just got the like Razor Ramon legends. And then I picked up uh, this, like I said, this NWO hall that I just sent you. Um, and it was like super, super cheap, like almost half of what they're going for on eBay right now. So, okay. Okay. I see the real effects. Yeah. It's okay. a nice little figure. Yep. Yep. True effects rather. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So that is kind of it for regular purchases, Joe. That was your preamble. I'm getting into the main event here. <laughs> Whatever happened to the uh, year of financial responsibility, fiscal responsibility? I got like 90 days to worry about that. It's okay. <laughs> we got 90 days of business as normal, <laughs> business as usual before we worry about that stuff. Um, all right. I don't know if you know this, Joe. I alluded to this on Twitter, but I don't know if you've heard before me saying that. They opened a vintage toy store five minutes from my fucking house. <laughs> I found out about this on Facebook because a kid I went to high school with, like, tagged himself or checked himself in as being there. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And uh, this is going to be real inside, but it's just me talking to you. But if you know on Route 6 in Dixon City... It's yeah. right across from, like, the sheets by, like, five guys. Uh, it's called, like, Monstars Toys. And apparently they are only open Fridays and Saturdays, which is, like, really difficult for me because those are, like, prime importing and exporting hours. But uh, because Friday we were going to LVAC, I took the day off. So I was like, okay, I am going to this store and, uh, you know, see what they have. And... Here's the thing. I walked in with very, very low expectations because it seems like every 
vintage toy store in like the greater northeastern PA slash Binghamton area is generally disappointing. Um, but they had like, you know, Marvel Legends, McFarlane Multiverse, Funko Pops, NECA figures, Transformers, G.I. Joe Classified. But then they had all this like a lot of Lucy uh, wrestling figures, which aren't my thing, but I'm sure a lot of people would like this. Lucy old G.I. Joes and Power of the Force and Transformers and a lot of like big ticket items behind the counter. And it was like a really nice, well-organized store. And from what I'm hearing, uh, the guy basically, they're only open two days a week because they're relocating their store from New York City. Oh, so, okay. Uh, the family's moving here. So like eventually it will be like a six day or seven day, whatever it is. Um, but he's like, yeah, he's like half of this, like half of my stuff is here. Like the rest of it will be here, you know, over the coming weeks. And they also eagerly and actively buy stuff. So as much as uh, I love selling Funko Pop, doing the Funko Pop purge to our comic shop, uh, Dave at Comics on the Green don't want no wrestling figures, you know. That's so, true. Uh, this gentleman has already expressed interest in buying a lot of the stuff that I either no longer want or no longer physically have the room for. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I, I encourage you to check it out or anyone else that's in the area. Uh, it was a very nice store. Honestly... I did not if I didn't look at everything that was in there because I was probably there for an hour and a half or so. Uh, and I just didn't want to be somebody that was like going to hang out all day. But I feel like I didn't see everything. Um, so I, I definitely want to go back. But as I'm walking around, I did find one thing that I was like, oh, I'm going to buy this because I look. I was like, I want this. Then I looked at the price and it was well beneath what I've seen them go for on eBay. And if you remember, Joe, prior to, I'm sorry, after they got out of the wrestling figure business, Jack started making UFC figures. Yes. Uh, you know, very posable with cloth goods, like outfits and whatever. But I bought the UFC Brock Lesnar figure. Oh, okay. Which is basically just a WWE Brock Lesnar figure. Um, but it was like, it was maybe $10, $15 less than I've seen it on eBay for, because I, I priced them a while ago and I was like, yeah, they're a little bit pricey for right now. So it was a really good price. I was happy about that. I actually saw, um, whoever the, the freaking guy is from ACDC that Todd loves, uh, the one that, I don't know, the one with the stupid baseball cap and the schoolboy outfits. You'll never hear this. So yeah, yes. he'll never know. Um, uh, but yeah, they had like a McFarlane figure of him. And so I sent a picture of that over to Todd. So he has a lot of different stuff. And I ended up buying, I saw something and it was expensive, but I'll tell you, Joe, it was a really good price. And I'm going to send you a picture of it now as I'm, as I'm talking, but because I had already, I had already said that I wanted the Lesnar figure. I was like, all right, how much for the Lesnar and this? And he came back at me with a good price. I came back out with him with another price and then we did the thing and I offered to send him PayPal friends and family. So I wouldn't have to use a credit card. And it was a, I ended up buying this and it is a San Diego comic-con exclusive doomsday figure, you know, as in Superman doomsday. Hey, I like that. 
Yeah, and I don't, it's very hard to tell, maybe in the second picture, but the packaging, it makes it look like he's busting through the packaging. Yeah, yeah, you could really tell better in the second and third pictures, yes. Yeah, so this was something that, it's not like a shared exclusive, it was something that if you did not buy it at San Diego Comic-Con, maybe like in 2008, 2009, something like that, if you didn't buy it then, you weren't getting it. Uh, and it had always been on my radar as something that I wanted. Uh, because as much as I like to pump up, you know, Nightfall and Azrael and all that stuff as being like the impetus of me collecting comics, uh, the Death of Superman was literally the first comic book I ever read. So uh, I like this Doomsday. And again, it was something I wanted for a while. I got it at a good price. It was not, it was not inexpensive, <laughs> but it was a really good price. And I let's just say I pretty much got the the Brock Lesnar figure thrown in for free. So it was a good deal. So I was just checking out their Facebook, their social media, their their website and stuff. Uh, they in one of the first pictures that they have up, they have an animated Beetlejuice action figure, which one I never knew existed. Oh, and two that looks really nice. Um, you know, definitely uh, maybe uh, you should go do a toy vlog or something up there. <laughs> you know, it's funny because like. And I'll, I can't remember the, no, you know what? I do remember the name and I'll bury him here. There's a toy store in Binghamton right next to the Walmart. And it's called like Maximus Toys or Maximum Toys, something like that. Okay. And I was there, I've been there a couple times. I've never really bought anything there because it's mostly all brand new stuff. It's like they walk over to the Walmart next door and they just buy all the, the figures that are there and they move them over to the toy store. But it's mostly like Funkos and Marvel Legends and uh, McFarlane multiverse stuff. Um, but I was there maybe a month ago and I saw a Funko pop that one of my coworkers wanted. And he had said, Oh, if you ever see this, you know, let me know. I might want to buy it. So I saw that Funko and I took out my phone and I went to take a picture of it. And I got yelled at by the guy behind the counter. He's like, yo, yo, what are you doing? I'm like <laughs> taking a, I'm taking a picture. My buddy's looking for this. I want to let him know you have it. No, no pictures. So I was like, you know what, dude? I don't give like fuck you. So I took the picture and then I left. You yeah. know, I was like, I'm sorry that like the toy business is so goddamn lucrative that like you can't you don't want secret shoppers, you know, trying to get like a better deal or whatever. But on the flip side of that, when I went to this toy store, uh, kind of sensitive of what I went through at the one in New York, I wanted to send that picture to Todd of that ACDC guy. And I was like, hey, man, you mind if I take a picture? He's like, of course. Why wouldn't I? And I told him the story. He was like, no, like, why wouldn't I want you to, like, tell people that we have stuff here, you know? Right. So the, the guy seemed very receptive. And he actually asked me because he's like, oh, what, what are your plans today? I was like, oh, I'm going to a wrestling show on uh, yada yada. And he was like, hey, maybe you could tell me what's with, like, every toy store having wrestlers there for signings. So I was like, well, there's this rest There's this podcast that has <laughs> – I was like, it made collecting toys more acceptable and like it, it, it nurtured this culture of like being proud that you're a toy boy. And that podcast is obviously at odds with wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was just cool. And like, yeah, maybe I'll do a vlog that, you know, you need to come down and we'll just make Todd record it all. <laughs> and we'll just walk okay. around. We'll just we'll walk around the store and do a, a live vlog. If they're out, once they have more, um, 
more reasonable hours because I think I see that they're only open like ten to six, like two yeah, days a week. You know, ten to six Friday and Saturday. But like I said, yeah. it's been a and obviously not sponsors, but I just had a good experience, so uh, cool. we'll have we'll definitely have to uh, make a trip of it. I got stuff I could I got I got stuff you know I could look for you know. Oh yeah, um, like I said, I'm looking forward to uh, maybe just f- clearing out a wing of the toy room because <laughs> right. I got so, I gotta get rid of some stuff. So that's that's another thing that I need to put a caveat on is like I'm on a bit of a spending freeze for myself. Okay. Um, you know, not for any sort of financial responsibility or whatever it is, but my birthday is coming up here in some indeterminable date. <laughs> Um, and I don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to buy this for myself. And then, you know, somebody comes to me and is like, hey, so-and-so was asking what to get you for my, your birthday. It's like, well, I just bought this for myself. So not this. Right. Yeah. And I have an Amazon wish list, and it's not like I'm looking for people to buy me shit far from it, but it's more so of like, when I see something, I put it on my list. And if I see the price come down or, you know, whatever, right. Or if it's a pre-order or something or whatever it just goes on there and it sits there's like books and games and all sorts of shit that's been on there for years and years and years just because the price either hasn't come down enough for me to be worth buying or just whatever right Mm -hmm. so that exists so my wife knows when like family members or whomever comes around and says hey i want to get joe something for his birthday she goes go look at his wish list see what he has on there so now granted there's stuff that's on and it's there are toys you know um And there's toys on there that, you know, because they're not immediately in stock, they're through, like, third-party sellers on Amazon, which are, like, ridiculous prices. Yeah. So, like, I'll just throw it out there. Like, the superior Spider-Man version of Dr. Octopus, um, I think the Amazon sellers think that's, like, a $125 figure. (laughs) And I don't think anyone in my family or my friends are going to get that for me for my birthday. So if I go to this this place and they have it there, you know, and it's less than $125, I would probably buy it for myself. Yeah, that I think that's the problem is a lot of the stuff that I bought this week has been stuff of opportunity or yeah. where it's like, uh, you know, it's like a, a great price. And I'm like, oh, man, I know I could wait and buy it another day, but like I'm getting it at a good deal and all that stuff. So I can't resist the deal. All right, Joe. I guess that's probably it if you were a normal person and not a sociopath because <laughs> I got one more. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Come on. Uh, again, this was an opportunity thing. Uh, I sent you a picture of a two-pack of wrestling figures that I already own. And if you remember, maybe like a couple months ago, this was in my weekly purchases. And that is the debut figures, the rookie figures of the Iconics, the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Do you remember that two pack? I do. So here's the thing, Joe. On eBay this week, what I'm about to send you popped up. And I know I'm sorry, I'm going to make you wait for a second. It says sending. Sent and sent. There's two pictures. Well, it's a lot of pictures, but it's two groups of pictures. Do, 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 do. Oh, hey now. Okay. So I have the test shot prototypes of both of those figures now. So here's the thing. The Billy Kay popped up on eBay 
uh, a week or two ago. And it was a certain price. We'll just say it was a certain price. Well, those are not expensive. You can very easily look them up. Um, But I thought to myself, all right, A, that's a price that I'm not willing to pay. Um, And B, I kind of like I kind of want both of the Iconics. And then a couple days ago, the Peyton Royce got put up by the same seller at half the price of the Billy Kay. And the Billy Kay went on sale for 50 percent off. So both Billy Kay and Peyton Royce were available. Buy it now for the same price as what just Billy Kay was by herself, if that makes sense. Yes. So I was kind of on the fence. I was like, uh, I don't want to drop more money, you know, because again, in 90 days, the year of financial responsibility will start. Um, so I need to reach out to an impartial person, someone who will weigh the uh, the pluses and the negatives as to whether or not I should buy these. A man who by no means would be swayed or influenced to to tell me to buy them without making sound decisions. And that is, of course, I reached out to the boar and the boar carefully weighed it. As you say, he, he rubbed the Fu, Man, Fu Manchu and he said, you know what? I think you should buy it. Uh, buy them both. And I was like, you know what, Boar, you're a smart, wise man. And I went ahead and bought them because I said to myself, what happens if a week from now, one of them sells? You know, what if there's a Billy Kay fan and who wouldn't be? But maybe they buy that one. And then what? I'm just going to have a Peyton Royce. No, I don't want just one of them. I wanted the pair and it's a test shot. So there maybe there's two of them in the world. Maybe there's three of them in the world. There's not a lot of them but I needed them. So that was my final purchase because apparently uh, I am just fully going down the rabbit hole of prototypes and test shots. Yeah. I was going to ask about that, that. <laughs> um, so what's the display on this? Um, do you have your eyes on any other ones without tipping things off, I guess? Yeah. So if, if you actually like, and by all means, go ahead and just search WWE test shot on eBay. Um, this one seller from China has, and they have been selling uh, multiple, multiple uh, test shots, and they're all based on basics, and they're all kind of from like more than four or five years ago, and there's tons of them up there. Um, like you can go and get a Daniel Bryan test shot, and I've thought about it, like Daniel Bryan test shots when he was like the planet's champion with the beard. Uh, there's Kevin Owens, there's Roman Reigns, there's uh, Becky Lynch. So there's lots of them up there. Uh, there was an Alexa Bliss uh, because I, I, I'm looking for like stuff that I like. But it was the Alexa Bliss when she was like the host of WrestleMania and she was wearing like a suit. And ain't nobody want that. So, uh, <laughs> But like I keep my eye because this guy will literally list 10 of them a day and like multiple times a day. You know, and uh, and they're cheap. They're like usually 50 bucks or less. So it's not bad. Um, but I don't have any plans. If I saw a broski one, I would scoop it up before he gets it. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know, just out of spite slash, uh, you know, fun. But other than that, I don't have any plans. Like I said, I maybe I'd buy an Alexa if I saw it. Um, but I don't have any other plans otherwise. And that's pretty much the only thing this guy is selling is uh, test shots for basics. You know, there I haven't seen any ultimates or not ultimates, but uh, elites or anything like that. 
So this guy's like the so uh, so obviously you know you have your eyes towards some other ones, but you have a couple of these test shots, just not. You have an Azrael one and you have this one, right? Is there another I, one I'm missing? Yeah, no. So I have the Azrael and I have the obviously both of the iconics. Um, now, but for like you asked about display purposes. Yes. Um, here's the thing for for a nice little photo shoot, I will probably clear off a shelf of the Detolf and put the two pack in there, you know, on card and put the uh, the Lucy prototypes in front of it and like snap a picture. Sure. But beyond that, honestly, they're probably going to get the Ziploc and tote treatment, you know, because oh it, it, it uh, doesn't really fit the uh, my current layout. You know what I'm saying? Because I have I have two Detolfs full of Transformers. I have two two Detolfs full of Asriel and I have two Detolfs of wrestling. But it's all like I'd say that that's 90 percent major pod. But then I have like. My Slim Jim Macho and my one Brody Lee and like a couple like my Orange Cassidy shelf with the autographed Orange Cassidy and his micro brawler and stuff like that. So I can maybe if I just wanted to put the prototypes in one of the miscellaneous wrestling shelves, I can do that. But there's no room for the uh, the mint on card ones to stay out, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know. Depends on how many of these I end up getting. I, like I said, I don't see myself getting a lot. If I see certain people, I might, but we'll see. Well, good luck in this new quest. <laughs> uh, hopefully nothing uh, too extreme goes up in the next 91 days. <laughs> oh, I know. Then I'd be, I'd be destitute. <laughs> right. You'd have to, you'd have no choice. You'd have to, you'd have to pass on it. You know, I, I would, I would be, unless it's Azrael, then I'll just, I'll sell the car. <laughs> right. But that's all I got, Joe. That's a, a small weekly purchases this week. <laughs> if you were out there encouraging Adam to do these sort of things, I'm going to ask you to please stop. <laughs> I know Nobody's you said that uh, the boar assisted you maybe in making one of these decisions, you know? He just told me that it was a smart move and he yeah. fully supported it. That's all. And like I said, Todd, you know, he was just doing God's work by pointing out chases to me, you know. Uh, really, everybody was just, it was a team effort from top to bottom. <laughs> right. But don't worry, <sighs> next week we'll talk about you pre-ordering the uh, My World Major Bendies. No, okay, so <laughs> it's... <sighs> I'm telling you, you could sell that, Conrad. I already have like three people that are like willing, like, hey, I'll you. I only want Conrad. I don't want the double J's, right? Oh, see, perfect. But here's the problem: if I get the two double J's, now I just have two bendies that I have nothing to do with. Now I got to have more of a double J collection. I'm happy with just getting the the retro when that comes in, right? Yeah. Um, I, I hope these people that just want the Conrads and not the double J's. Because I'll tell you this, I had some free time on Monday, and I was looking at whatnot. Mm -hmm. I may have been able to skirt things around to sign up for whatnot without giving them a credit card number, because I'm tricky like that. <laughs> um, so I, um, I'm watching, and they had a double J, um, Bendy, like the original Bendy, Ooh. and I'm like, okay, if I get that, then I could make the. 
Um, like I could I could validate it in my head to get the other ones. Then I have all three, right? Mm-hmm. And like they really push, um, that in the like in the in the group, like oh, on on whatnot stuff sells for super cheap. Adam, <laughs> does stuff sell for super cheap on whatnot? It depends on if how many people are in the room, but uh-huh. uh, for the most part, no. They well, no. <laughs> I think the double J Bendy sold for like forty eight bucks. Okay, but what's the comp like on eBay? Like, what are they? Is that like high compared to what they sell for? Like, is the double J like a a sixty seventy dollar Bendy, and so forty dollars would be a deal? That's the thing. Like I said, I spent. Like $25 on whatnot for that Winter Soldier figure a couple weeks ago, but that was a $40 figure. So it's listed on here as a buy it now, right now for $30. Okay. How's the card compared to what you saw on whatnot? Uh, well, it was Brian's personal one, so if that makes it special oh. or something, you know. Oh, okay, you were watching the the major stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just thought it was a random whatnot. Oh, okay. Yeah, anything on the major pod stream. You pay a premium because, and I've said this before, people want to be able to say that they bought something from those people. So I've seen Marky sell peg warmer Scorpio Sky AEW figures for like 30 bucks plus shipping when you can go to any Walmart on the planet and find 20 of them for $20, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there are some head scratches there. Anything in the major pod group for the most, unless it's Broski's like, loose Funko Pops. <laughs> you know, everything goes for a premium. Right. But but now, like I said, I don't need to start a Bendy's collection, but thank you to everyone who offered to to take the con right off my hands. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I just wanted to make sure that you were reminded of your negligence of not getting them. Right. Okay. I will be. I will be. All right. Short show, Joe. I think we're good. Short for us, I'd say. Yes. Yeah. All right, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you enjoyed Adam and all of his expenditures uh, and our retelling of the events of the LVAC show. Uh, Again, this is episode 189, Add Odds with Wrestling. Be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.